everyone, and welcome to How to Be Me Again. This is the podcast where we are learning how to take care of ourselves because we don't know how. I'm Kristen. And I'm Maddie. And we are into, <laughs> is it week three of Being Curious? I think so. Wow. Is it? It must be. How do we know It must this? be. Yes, it is week three. <laughs> Let's we just, do not do that level of planning. <laughs> Let's just say well, it confidently. It must be true. It must be. The <laughs> truth is we do that much planning, but I don't plan on the day of the podcasting. Me neither. So, I yeah. try to think of something to say, although this week I did not think of anything to say. So Ooh. it's all on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's funny, though? For years, so because I've been a business coach now for like coming on six years actually like a long time yeah and in the beginning I used to like stress and be anxious and plan out what I was going to be talking to my business coaching clients about and I remember the first call I had where I was like testing if I just wasn't planned how I would like perform how yeah. I would respond and it was like one of the best coaching sessions I'd ever had to that point. And so wow. I was like, I'm never planning again. And I haven't since. And I absolutely think I work best when I'm like on my toes. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. just figuring it out on the fly. It's just how I've worked for yeah. ever since then. And I, I won't I won't do it. You can't make me plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you. And you're going to no. like it. No. <laughs> Your competitive, the competitiveness between us would probably mean that, we yes, probably, I would go and plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. I kind of, I think that I work best with a combination of the two. Like mm. pre-planning to an extent, but then being flexible enough to like just go with yeah. whatever's happening at the time. Because I, I do think pretty quickly on my feet in the moment but I hate that feeling I think maybe it's just like um the feeling I get afterwards when I feel mm. like I didn't say the things I should have said and I think that's where I like having a bit of that planning in so I'm like at least a few talking points of I want to make sure I, I hit these points and say that stuff and then I can feel good about it and let it be whatever it's going to be kind of thing yes yeah I don't know that's interesting because I I hear you on that and at the same time I, th I think something for me that comes up from that is you never know what people are going to vibe with. Yeah, like, that's true. I think we get in our heads like, these are the most important things to know about curiosity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And then someone will come to us and be like, I really love that bit that you said about this. And I'm like, yeah, well, that wasn't something that was planned. That was totally off the cuff. But I think you know? for me, like that's where that flexibility comes in. But when I think about yeah. even like with my business stuff, when I'm preparing something or preparing a presentation or whatever, and I'm thinking like, okay, I, I have to make sure I say, touch on these certain oh, yeah. points, right? And yes. that's usually, th those things usually aren't the powerful things that I say, but I'm like, those are the bare minimum of what I have to talk about in here. Yes. Because I think because I am such a talker and will, I will go and start rambling and like talk somebody's ear off, which is hilarious because <laughs> I used to be a super quiet, shy kid. Like people couldn't even get me to talk when they tried really hard and I would not talk. But so now I'm just making up for lost time and I will never shut up but I'll tend That's to so ramble and jump to different like uh topics and then not end up saying the most significant part of like what I what the whole point of what I was trying to say I won't say it yes so I'm trying to be very aware of like well if I plan a little bit in advance I'll actually make sure I'm saying those things and I don't have to look back on it thinking like oh yeah like what I said was cool but it didn't actually mm. like it didn't you know deliver what I promised in a way you know that's fair I did the same thing with my YouTube videos where I used to script out as much as like dot points of like I want to cover these things but then mm -hmm. I wouldn't and I say script is probably the wrong word to use because I wasn't scripting I was really just like planning I was putting the planning pieces and then yeah. it was like ad lib and yeah. improvise based on those points and that right. was what delivered the best result because it was yeah. like so much harder to try and figure out teleprompters and all that kind oh of oh my gosh rubbish yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrible <laughs> I mean power to you if that's how you work when you're doing that kind of stuff but it is not for me no not for me same so tell me how your week's been with being curious um it's been pretty good I think it's just been a continuation of the week before like I really just continued exactly with that asking the what if over and over because I'm obsessed yep. with it I love it. I don't know. It just totally resonates with me. And wow. asking that question in any kind of situation I find myself in. Like, what if I 
I acted differently? What if I responded a little bit differently? What if I just did this or just did that? And it just kind of pushes me out of my comfort zone and really like pushes me to to be curious about a different outcome and a different action and a different reaction. You know, all yes. the different things just to be different than I was before and see how it turns out and see if it changes anything, you know, which is, so I guess, cool. all that cu- being curious is about, right? It's interesting. So I mentioned to you before we started recording, I've been re-listening to our episodes because mm-hmm. I got these new headphones and so I was like, I need something to listen to. I listen to myself. <laughs> P.S. Please send all of your podcast recommendations in because I need something to listen to. Um, but I was listening to an episode from last week and you we were talking about what if. And we, we were talking about the like doing nothing, like mm-hmm. taking no action. Yeah. And something it reminded me of was when I was pregnant, my doula taught me this acronym, which was like like a tool to use in a high pressure situation and it was called braid and so it was benefits risks um alternatives uh can't remember what i is now intuition and um nothing so if you did nothing Ah. and it reminded me of that because that like the doing nothing thing the first time i'd ever heard that was when we were, when I was pregnant with my first daughter and I learned this acronym and I was like, it's so interesting that we're not taught in more circumstances in our life, like doing nothing as being to an option, nothing. like yeah. action taking is so praised and, yeah. you know, it's doing nothing sometimes is the best option. Like even yeah. in like, so this week for me, it's really been um, focusing in on that. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Right. And uh, it's it's been uh, it's kind of funny because I feel like the do, the being happy I say in inverted commas was kind of like not always being happy it was like more me like just not saying anything and like sitting in <laughs> yeah. my own frustration <laughs> where I realized that I kind of like I think that the next level deeper is like choosing to be happy rather than frustrated mm-hmm. whereas right now I was focusing on the external action which is often just getting frustrated at my husband for like all well, the I stupid think, stuff that he says I think if you even reframe it as like it doesn't necessarily have to be happy but just almost to like let go like yes right not to because it kind of makes me think of when I was a kid and I'd just be sitting there I don't know if we've talked about this before probably but um and I would always have people tell me to smile People always yeah. would tell me to smile. And I'm like, but I'm just sitting here. I'm not angry and I'm not upset. I'm not crying. Like, there's no negative stuff happening. I'm totally neutral. And people would always, like, force me to smile. And it would always, I would get so rebellious against it because it really made me angry. <laughs> like, why would I just sit here with a dumb grin on my face? Like, I would look like a psychopath. Like, do you honestly understand the words that are coming out of your mouth? So I think with you putting that pressure on that those are the options you have to be happy like mm. right right or happy right so yeah maybe it's right or just let it go well and I so agree with you and you know what this highlights for me because because it was years ago a good friend of mine said this idea of do you want to be right or do you be happy mm-hmm. do you want to be happy and I don't know where they got it from whether they made it up or heard it from someone but it's never really sat right for me like mm-hmm. The, like I understand the concept that they're trying to get across in it in, in that yes do you want to like like kind of put your foot down and like try and be right in the situation and like that's definitely on that side of things it's definitely something I recognize within myself yeah. I'm definitely yeah. like rousing on Rory telling yeah. him he said something stupid and this is how it should be and you know like that yeah. happens a lot so I can re- yeah. I can resonate with that side of things but the to be right uh, to be happy has never felt mm-hmm. accurate because I don't always think the opposite because it is saying the opposite of right is happy when it's exactly. not exactly in a lot of circumstances perhaps yeah. in some but not in all yeah and I do like the idea of letting go because Mm -hmm. I think too as I was saying I was like equating it with okay well if I just stop the action of like rousing on my husband that will fix it when in in fact it just meant I internalized yeah and still felt the same emotion that I was feeling throughout the whole interaction anyway whereas opposed to like letting it go means to like let go of that feeling altogether like just like like, do you want to be right or do you want to be free like because yes I think that that I like a lot more yeah that freedom is then you're you're also not internally bound by that stuff it's more like just 
like it is the act of letting it go, but in a really positive way of, you know, like just free yourself from being frustrated by that stuff because it's going to happen anyway. He's always going to say stupid stuff. No offense, Rory. <laughs> Greg says stupid <laughs> also, stuff all the time too. <laughs> on Maddie's side of things, total offense. <laughs> Please take total offense. <laughs> Please change your frustrating ways while I be free over here. <laughs> But yes, that's true. He's always going to be frustrating. Right? But also that's kind of why I married him because like he does – the other thing too is I – it's really interesting. This is really brought up for me that I I think Rory is very, very fun. I mm-hmm. think he keeps us very light. And when I sit back and like let go of the frustration, I realise that he keeps our family very happy, like very mm-hmm. light and happy. Yeah, yeah. And very fun. And I feel incredibly unfun. Like, I do not think of myself as being a fun person. Which is crazy. I see you as a very fun person in my life. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Oh, thanks. But it's, it's, it's funny because I think that... I would think in this... Like, if I'm with you, I very much feel fun and funny. Because we have... Like, that's our dynamic whenever we're together. Yeah. I definitely don't feel like that in my like in my like uh immediate family and mm-hmm. then in like my extended family i feel like i'm viewed as being a very serious like um like even like i think i feel like my like rory's family because rory's very soft spoken around his family like he doesn't yep. speak up a lot and so i'm i'm the forthcoming one i'm the one who's like telling all of our plans yep. i i've always had this perception that they think that i'm the one like um, controlling Rory and that I'm like right. this serious controlling yeah, person yeah. and I've worked really hard to try not to be that which maybe yeah. is why they think it about me because you know it's the whole <laughs> thing of like what you um, do is like attracting that energy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so whoopsie but so I feel very unfun and something that why I get so frustrated at Rory is because I grew up in a family where my mom was my dad was a fly in fly out worker at the mines mm-hmm. and so we were with mum the majority of the time and I felt like she really had to be the serious one like she had to be the she, responsible one because she yeah yeah and because yeah. dad would come home on his like one week off and it was very much like one week off off like that's how he viewed it like I'm not working I don't have responsibilities this is my time off when it was like yeah great that's your time off from the mines you still have a family and a household and yeah you know responsibilities it would be nice if you did but (laughs) and so there's all these arguments that we witness of like dad's not allowed to play guitar and then mum has to be the serious one all the time yeah where I've now put myself as a mum in this role where I'm like there can only be one fun parent and Rory's much funner than I am so therefore I must be the serious boring one right and it's like I keep trying to teach myself like no we can both be fun parents like he might always be more fun than me like or a different kind of fun but we can both be fun yeah but it's like it's hard because it's so like but I think that like based on kind of what you've been saying now it sounds like you're very aware of the roles that you play in each of the different groups that you belong to right yeah so in like the true sense of this whole curiosity experiment what if you went into those situations and thought to yourself like well what if that role didn't exist like what if you're just starting from a blank state like what would you think of yourself in that moment because you're viewing Mm. yourself through the lens of this role that either is an actual role or it's just a perceived role that you're playing in your family but, like, what if that role didn't exist? What if those boundaries weren't already there and you got to create yeah. new boundaries and create a new role or, you know, or, yeah, if you don't want to just let it go and, like, be free of that role, create a new role for yourself. You, you're you in charge of that and you can create something that's brand new, a new mom role, like a new vision yeah. of what a mom is, not just responsible, you know, not just I love that. the strict no fun person, right? It's it's interesting because I, for one, I don't think being serious and being fun are mutually exclusive. Like, I think you no. can yep. be both. You can be one or the other. It can exist and they're both within necessary. the same person. Yeah. They are both necessary. I also think, um, I, I like, 
logically, I know I'm challenging that within myself and I'm also mm-hmm. challenging it with how I parent my girls because I do notice myself in these micro moments where I'm like choosing fun because that's the other thing too is I think fun is a choice like you have to choose it especially if it's not your predisposed like that's why I think Rory and I differ Rory's predisposed to fun as opposed to I kind of have to like more consciously and actively choose it yep absolutely one is not better than the other it's just who we are yeah but when I do notice myself actively choosing it I feel really proud of myself like I feel and I think it's because I one of my core desired feelings is childlike because I quite being fun with being childlike and like Mm -hmm. letting myself almost to like get into the mind of a child where everything is wondrous and new and exciting and curiosity abounds you know like I feel like that's what I equate it with so I like what you said there you did a really great what if I liked that what if oh thanks (laughs) see the what if it comes up in everything what if what if indeed (sighs) Yeah. yeah Yeah. So how are you? And then just <laughs> just radio silence. Yeah. We're just sitting here pondering oh, like, yeah, oh, let's, let's just soak that in. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean silence isn't good for a podcast? <laughs> Everyone should know on this podcast when we're silent, it's a, it's a prompt to just sit and think for a second. <laughs> it doesn't happen just... very often, apparently, but when it does happen, you make good use of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Also, like before and after the podcast, we always have like these big conversations. It's like we don't stop. We'll talk on recording days. We talk for like four hours straight, basically. Sometimes four hours. Yeah. Especially yeah. if we're doing a double double whammy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I kind of been missing our double whammies because we haven't done Aww. one for a few weeks. I know. And I'm we like, haven't. I'm ready. I'm ready for a I'm double ready to go. Well, we're going to yeah. have to do some soon. This is your second last recording in Canada. You are very Damn. soon. And it's going to be, be so different. Yeah. <laughs> No, it won't be at all. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. It'll be exactly the same. Because I'm yeah. going to be recording in the evening instead of in the afternoon. So oh, yeah. It'll be different by like four hours. Yeah, it's, it's true. like night and day. We'll no, test it. If, I, if we have to do... I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, that's so funny. Can I tell you about something that I got curious about yeah, over the last week? Yeah, please do. So... I actually think it's been something that's been on my mind for like, well, gosh, feels like 18 months. It's been a while, maybe okay. coming on two years. Whoa, it's like I, COVID. It's the same amount of time as COVID. <laughs> it's my COVID thought. It's your COVID thought. Yeah. <laughs> my COVID <laughs> pondering. Um, I feel like COVID pondering is probably a really common thing that's happened with people. It's like probably. questioning their entire lives. Yeah. Uh, so I've really not known what I want to do with my life, with the mm-hmm. way I earn money, with my business. If I wanted to have a business at one point was a question I was pondering. Dan's out, I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't felt lit up. I kind of pursued this business five or six years ago now that it was just easy because I came from marketing. I kind of ended up back in marketing, but I'm not like passionate passionate about it like Mm -hmm. I definitely enjoy working with my clients in the way that I do but I know that my passion is waning when if I have to create free content I'm very bored by it and I know there's a level of you're always (laughs) going to get bored with the stuff but like I'm genuinely like I'm not adding anything to the world here like I'm Mm. this is it's purposeless like I don't I don't like it yeah and so I've really been like wondering and for a long time I was kind of actively wondering like what am I gonna do and I was trying to like figure it out like it was a puzzle and I didn't get anywhere and then I just kind of let it go for probably 12 months still like knowing I hadn't figured it out but it was like okay I've got to stop like trying to solve this puzzle because it's unsolvable when I'm like forcing it yeah and then just this weekend I so I, I told you a few weeks ago that I set up all these different um, Instagram accounts for right, all my yeah. different interests for my like four businesses that I'm starting this year because <laughs> I don't have enough going on. <laughs> P.S. Disclaimer: They're not all businesses. Some of them are, of, of them are interests, <laughs> but they're all going to turn um, into businesses at some point. <laughs> listen, they have business Shh. potential. That's as long as they have the potential to earn me money. Like, and exactly. see, some of them are just going to be hobby businesses, and that's okay. There too. we go. That's j- completely fine. You know what I've come to realize? I'm only in my early 30s. I got time. Like I can just mm-hmm. ex- continue to experiment. Yeah. Like I don't I got to stop get, like having this idea. I keep looking at these 27-year-olds who have million multi-million dollar businesses and mm-hmm. judging myself and going, "You know what? I'm letting that go. Let's yeah. talk about letting go. I'm letting that go this year." Totally. Like, 
Yeah. I'm just experimenting and finding out what brings me joy because I'm That's so over it. That's something for me that I've really, really had to learn. And I can't remember if we've planned to do an experiment about becoming patient. But we should if we haven't already planned it for this year. I can't remember either. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but... um being like becoming patient with the process and like yeah just letting it happen like how I said with my business my whole plan was to be making consistent money in my brand new business by like the beginning of January which did not happen at all I'm still in the process of launching which hopefully will happen mm. this week which is exciting but it's like boop, boop. When I talk about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I thought I was going to be making money from it, but I'm not now. But I was like, I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm honestly mm. saying it in a appreciating the process that I had to go through and understanding that I had to be patient yeah. in that time in order to get because I had to go through all of these different um mindsets and all these different actions before I could come to the point where I can actually achieve something with my business you know but that's a hard process because I'm like oh I've got this idea and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna execute it I'm very good with executing tasks like I'm really good with it I can come up with a plan and just like boom 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 get it done it's what I do best and I don't I don't thrive in this um this whole thought process because I'm not patient I like knowing what do I need to do next and then doing it and completing it like yeah so it's been this whole thing of becoming patient with the process and I think that that involves a lot of curiosity it involves a lot of um a lot of the things that we've talked about so far in the podcast where it's like just let it be and it includes Mm. that freedom of give yourself the freedom to let it be whatever it's going to end up being you know even with all of your business ideas or with like whatever it is you want to do with your life you have to take all of these different steps and try out all these things and experiment with all of them in order to to figure it out and I I think part of it for me too is that I for the last six years have really focused on earning money and Mm -hmm. admittedly like you got to earn money like money's part of life and I am definitely in a really privileged position where my husband earns enough to really sustain our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I recognize that that's a privileged, privileged position that I hold. And it's given me the space this year to go, what if the focus wasn't money this year? Right. What if the yeah. focus was about um, like letting it be joyful, like letting mm-hmm. it be enjoyable, like following passion? Because I don't, I don't like truthfully – and I think we've talked, spoken about this before. I don't know what my passions are. Like I've yeah. got so lost in other people's passions and the pursuit of like really empty goals for so long that mm-hmm. I really struggle to know what I'm passionate about. And that's where I this year want to take that space that I have to go, okay, well, I'm going to dabble in furniture restoration. I'm going to dabble in acrylic painting. I'm going to dabble in like I want to – so this is where the other thing came up that I'm curious about, which I actually think I could be really serious about, is I'm thinking about getting qualified as a counsellor, like a Ooh, full-blown yep. counsellor. Yep. And because I started searching for a counsellor for myself, when we get back to Oz, we've got to get all new service providers. Yep. And when I started, like, because Rory and I have had a couples counsellor for, like, just over two years now, mm-hmm. and she was based in attachment theory, which is, like, so they have attachment parenting, which is based on attachment theory, yep. but attachment theory is not specific to parenting. It's, like, right. how humans create relationships. Yeah. And I, ever since I discovered it, I really loved it. Like, I find I'm – and yep. since having girls especially, like, I'm really – passionate about like attachment for them and how I'm nurturing it in them and then I have all these passions around being a mom and raising daughters and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and so I was like counseling could be really fun because I could like niche into like working with people and like I think the thing that I'd really like to do is overcoming generational trauma with people to help them be better parents be good yeah. 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 Especially um, when you're looking at it through a parenting lens where it's like, how do you yes. not pass that on then to your children unwittingly passing it on? Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Cause that's, ugh, it's hard. And it, it's hard so because hard. like how I feel now with like my relationships with my parents is like, I have a lot of anger and at the same time, a lot of um, like understanding 
for mm-hmm. why they are the way they are. And yep. you wouldn't think you could hold both of those emotions at the same time, but somehow you can. Yeah. And But it's also hard to hold them both because it's like they're kind of competing. It's like, oh, I'm so angry Absolutely. at you, but I know why you're so the way that you are. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, and you did the best that you could. You did better than your yes. parents did or whatever it is, but that's still not enough in this situation. I also yeah. think it's interesting, like, on this topic that – it's a really interesting thing to look at um, where you the things that were triggers for you growing up with your family you're going to focus on those and make sure you don't do certain things with your kids but yeah. what if those like you're still going to be passing on the other stuff that yeah. weren't as much of a focus for you specifically but were still maybe things that that weren't great or something that get passed on to your kids. Like I've just seen like my sister, for example, she's obsessed with certain things that were real trigger triggers for her. Yeah. And so she makes a really, really big point of not doing that with her kids. But then I see her do all this other stuff that were triggers for me when I was growing up in this, with the same parents in the same household ah. that triggered me. I see her do that with her kids because it didn't, it never bothered her. It was never a thing for her. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, but you're still doing that thing that dad used to do or that mom used to do or whatever. Like, you're doing that thing. And she's like, yeah, but that doesn't bother me, so it's fine. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just yeah. think it's, it's always been such a fascinating thing to me of, like, knowing what's going to affect children and what's going to 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 be a trigger for them or to be something that is trauma for them or to be something because every person is different and even with your two daughters they have different personalities and the same exact situation the same exact event could Mm. like sit with them completely differently they'll react completely differently one might not remember it at all. The other one, it might be the biggest trauma of her life. You know, like, oh, who knows? <laughs> well, and I think to that point, like, because I definitely feel this within myself where I'm like, I need to fix it all. Like, I need to be the mm. perfect parent. And I feel like this is where overcoming the generational stuff um it does it takes more than one generation. Like, if I'm mm-hmm. the one in the generational line of my family decides to, like, like break the cycle and like start anew mm-hmm. like to exa- your exact point it's not going to be perfect like yeah. I'm hoping that my daughters will have more understanding than I did and so that they can like if they decide to be parents they can be better than I was yeah. um like that's and like the thing I keep thinking about is I want to give them tools rather than like but that's exactly it because you, you can't I mean? fix you can't control how no. they're going to react or what's going to affect them in life because inevitably they're going to be affected by things they're going to feel trauma they're going to feel you know joy and sadness like they're going to feel all the yeah. things and you can't control what is going to make them feel a certain way but if exactly. you give them the tools and the communication skills, which I guess is a tool, like to to deal with all of that and to talk about it as it's happening, that is the stuff that I think is most important. And to give yeah. them, because I think in families, it's so hard to even um, be able to communicate properly. Like yeah. I know with our family, we have certain topics that once we delve into that territory, it always gets very emotional. Yeah. It gets very heated. It gets very, we end up having good conversations around it, but mm. it can sometimes go sideways and it can sometimes be like a really volatile thing, but it yeah. is so necessary to be able to communicate about that. Cause if you can't talk about it, then it just it ends up festering inside of each of us, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. it's so funny you were saying too about like uh, kid, kids in the same family having different experiences. Yeah. I was reading um, yesterday, I was reading this book called Attached, which is mm-hmm. like it's the like attachment theory book, but it's based on relationships, like romantic relationships. Okay, yeah. And how, maybe we've spoken about this before, but there's like three different types of people according to this book. So there's like anxious attachment type people, there's avoidant attachment type people, and there's secure. And I'm an anxious attachment type. So I'm in a relationship and I'm often like worrying how my partner feels because I let my partner's mood or my partner's like how they're feeling affect the relationship like on the whole. So I basically am always feeling what Rory feels. And it's funny because I several times a day probably be able to Rory like, are you okay? Are you okay? Because if he's not okay, I'm not okay. Like that's my anxious attachment type in like being activated. Yeah. And 
the other types like avoidant are people who are like distant and don't want to get too close and like unfortunately attached like anxious and avoidant people come together quite a lot I was gonna say that's me and Greg or I think he's anxious uh, and I'm avoidant in our relationship although in previous relationships I've been the anxious attachment person yeah right so I think I flip between the two pretty quite possibly easily. yeah yeah and then the definitely not secure. the secure <laughs> no well see R- rory is like oh. rory's but i think that you can kind of have elements of each of them right because rory can swing into being a little bit avoidant but mm-hmm. he's really secure like and it's interesting because when i was reading this book yesterday they're talking about how people like when anxious attachment types end up with secure people they'll often question in the beginning that there was no spark and i have said oh. on so many occasions for the first six months i really didn't know about roars because there yep. wasn't a spark and i was like oh isn't there supposed to be some more feeling but that's like mm. all the drama that i'm used to yeah talking. Um, but they were saying that children who were observed as being anxious children, because I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessary. Like, I think there's a little bit of nurture that goes on there, but mostly it's a bit of nature. Okay. And so with when you're like growing up, if you've got an, an anxious attachment type, you will perceive situations as being so much more intense mm. than people who are secure, for instance. Mm-hmm. And, I was talking to my brother recently because he's just had a little baby, his first, and he was like, he and his wife have been arguing about whether they'll smack their kids because we got smacked as kids. Okay. And he's like, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to smack my kids. Like, of course. Like, (laughs) because he doesn't have any really terrible memories. Like, he said to me, yeah, I didn't finish my dinner one night and mum smacked me. And I was like, fair enough. She cooked dinner. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Elliot, you can't smack your kids because they're not going to eat something. Like, I was getting so, like, in my feels because all my memories of being smacked are so intense. Like, I'm yeah. so triggered by the physical, but like, because, aggression. Because think of it this way, too, because it's such an, an obvious way of, like, think of the, your, you know, relationship with your mum and like the type of person you are where you wanted to be your people pleaser and you wanted to please and you wanted to be perfect and you wanted to do all those things so being smacked for something is like the ultimate way of showing that they are that you've done something wrong like you're not perfect and you haven't pleased me yeah like it is it is the biggest way to show all of that stuff it's not just like a backhanded compliment or like a little like oh please don't do that because even as like a for me too I grew up the same way of like being a perfectionist and a huge people pleaser and just wanting to please all the authority figures in my life and if they even just said a tiny little thing that was negative or that I had done something wrong I would take it so personally like it would become Mm. a really big thing for me so I can't even imagine if I got smacked for something like not finishing my dinner or whatever that would be that would like send me over the edge because I took every little Mm. thing as a big deal but thinking about like my brother too for example I don't think that he was affected by things not even close to the same way that I was yeah. Well, and I know my brother is a secure attachment type mm-hmm. and he's not a people pleaser at all. So for yeah. him, it was like, oh, I got smacked. Whereas, yeah, for <laughs> me, I was like, I'm losing love. I'm losing connection. It's like, devastating. It, yeah. It totally devastating. Yeah. I remember once my there was a piece of floss that was left on the counter, or on the sink in the bathroom. Yeah. And my mom actually, to, to her credit, very calmly to begin with, just came out and asked my sister and I, whose floss is this? And it legitimately wasn't mine. And I was like, it's not mine. She said, it's not mine. It escalated to the point where my mom's holding a wooden spoon. Like, who's getting oh, the no. first smack? One of you <gasps> is lying. And me being the older sister put my hand up and said, okay, I'll get the first smack. I got a smack, like a decent wooden spoon on the bum smack. And then my sister was like, it was mine. (gasps) And she got the same amount of smacks as me. And no wonder when I left school, I was going to become a lawyer because of the injustice. (laughs) 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 I'm like, that's not fair. I got smacked and I didn't do it. Yeah. But that happened, like that happened a lot where I got accused of things and I would Mm -hmm. like get in trouble for them and there was no way of proving it. Um, yeah, and that disconnection is just like, yeah. oh, it's yeah. too much to handle. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> well, how did that conversation start? Oh, yeah, that your brother remember. was fighting with his wife about if they're going to hit their kid. Yeah, yeah. And I, I ended up very, like, calmly, like, 
sending to his wife, who I'm good friends with. I was like, just take these articles, take these, take these. Fo- these are ways you can do it different. She's just like, I know, thank you. I don't, I've got to convince him not to smack. She's like, I'm um, on board, but he's not. Yes, yeah, that's it. Oh, funny. But yeah, all of that to say, I'm thinking about becoming a counselor. Interesting. And do you know what? Even if I don't become a counselor, I'm excited for the study because I'm interested yeah. in the study. Yeah. And I think it's okay to do something and not have to turn it into something. Like I could exactly. just become qualified and yep. whether I open a practice or not is like, yep. it doesn't need to be known yet, you know? Yeah, I actually really seriously looked into last year going back I to remember. school yeah, to become a counsellor. Um, and it's funny, I just actually met uh, another girl who she's just, she's got three exams left before she's a counsellor, which is exciting. Ooh, yeah. Um, but I actually decided with my business because I was um, kind of marketing it as financial coaching and it never really like sat well with me before. So I've changed mm. it to be financial counseling, which I actually am qualified in. I've done I've nice. done my counseling certificate thing for financial counseling specifically. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to change it because I'm that's what I deal with. I deal with the emotional side and with people figuring out why like yeah I can teach you how to budget too I can do all that stuff and I do do all that stuff but I want you to connect with it on a a deeper level you know Mm. like your emotional level and your psychological level and all that kind of side so that was kind of a pivot that I did recently too so it's interesting that you bring up the counseling stuff now I think it's yeah. great. I think, uh, yeah, I, you definitely have like a great knack of like talking to people and helping people. Thank and, you. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think I've like because I I bec- I went and did coaching years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like studied coaching, and I've never. I, I think maybe because it's an unregulated industry, and anyone can call themselves a coach, and I and a lot of the tools can kind of be used for evil. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never felt like that's what I wanted to do fully like I've always mm-hmm. done like, like used it as a tool and I do like the idea that I could go and become a counselor and continue to use the coaching as a tool like it will yep. only help strengthen Absolutely. my coaching practice yeah. but I also like the idea of like niching into something that I feel really passionately about like mm-hmm. I really would love to think that I could help families like fix fractures in their communication because like what you said before the thing that is breaking down my communication, my relationship with my mum right now is communication. Like it's mm-hmm. just not having the tools, which again, like t- to my point about giving my daughters the tools, if they can learn how to communicate effectively, like that's I huge. Just think that's, that's invaluable. Yeah. You know, that is huge because most of the conflict and most of the misunderstandings and all that stuff, it all stems from miscommunication. Almost, I would say 99.99% of the arguments that I have with my husband are solely based (laughs) on communication. Because I know, we we know that we think similarly, but then when one Mm. of us says something and you say it in a way and the other person's like, huh, you actually think that way? Or that was so hurtful. And the other Mm. person does not realize that that's how it came across or is completely oblivious. And then one person is left there thinking like, what the hell? Like, okay this needs to be a fight now or whatever right yeah. like yeah. that's how it all happens it's all just communication that's it communication it, and the the last 0.01% is greg being a dummy <laughs> <laughs> I'm Which kidding. unfortunately is maybe not fixable. <laughs> exactly. It's built in. Maybe it's uh, both yeah. of us being a dummy in case he listens to this episode. It's not just you, Greg, it's me too. In case he it's mostly to this you, but... I feel like you should have left that part till after the recording ended. I know, damn be like, it. In case he's, you know. <laughs> damn it, I've given it away. Um, yeah, but like even and that's where I like even with my girls right now, I'm I'm trying so hard to to just teach them communication like even it's it's such a minefield because it's like it's okay to be angry and so then I'm angry in front of them but you know they are like Zinni is such a little sponge right now and she's mm. such a mirror she's the yeah. mother, oh she's the like the crispest mirror you've ever come across because oh, no. like <laughs> so in the, in the bathroom the other day it's so funny she's in the bathroom by herself washing her hands or something and all of a sudden you hear this Jesus <laughs> And she's like, drop something or something. She's like, oh, Jesus. And like, I say that all the time. Like, I blaspheme like crazy when I, like, I'll drop something and I'm like, Jesus. And like, that's just my automatic reaction. It's so hard to change. 
and out of my earshot, she's Jesus in the in the bathroom. I was like, oh god, that's that's me. Like I gotta I gotta catch that now. I can't even imagine her saying that too. She's so funny. I love like she's oh. so serious all the time. So like she, like she's super fun and everything, but like yes, she, her, I think her base level is just like serious until she figures yeah. something out and she gets really comfortable with it. Very and then intellectual. She totally, yeah, yeah. So yeah. just hearing that from like little Zinny would be so funny. Oh my gosh, oh. she's so. And then awesome. today. So, because we, we just still walk around. I'm trying to, like, normalize bodies and, like, we're naked a lot and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, she yep. can, we barely get clothes on this child. She's almost always naked. <laughs> yep. We're trying to work up to we're staying with family and it's okay to be naked at home, but we're going to be at other people's house. Like, and she's getting better at it. But then today I, I was letting her draw on my iPad and she's, like, drawing mummy. And she's recently seen me naked. And she's like, and there's mummy's vulva. And there's the hair on mummy's vulva. <laughs> staying with our family in the next week and a half and she starts drawing naked mummy and she's like there's mummy's father with the hair on it I'm like oh I, I gotta I have to prepare oh, no. myself in those moments to not be embarrassed because that's like yeah. saying that bodies are not okay and whatever mm-hmm. To be like, yeah, that is mummy's vulva and that is the hair on mummy's vulva. Yep, you're correct. <laughs> and just like letting it be okay because, oh my so, goodness. <laughs> yeah, but that is so like that kind of shame and embarrassment is so bred into us. Because like in Iceland, when I visited Iceland, they have almost zero body shame. Like they, it wow. is not a thing there because they, from a very, very young age, like they go in the yeah. hot springs and stuff all the time. Most of them ah. go in at least once a day and they yeah. would do it with school too. And they would, ha- they would, you have to shower before you go into the hot springs there and yeah. you shower naked and most mm. people, some people would go in naked and not wear bathing suits, but they would go with their like school, their class at school and they'd shower, co-ed, shower naked together before going into the hot springs. But they did it so regularly from such a young age and the parents, like kids of all ages do it, like everybody did it. So you just saw everything all the time and nobody, so they learned that everybody's body looks slightly different. Everybody's built differently. It's fine. Whatever it is. Like they took that shame out of it. Like they have zero shame with that. And so when I went there, you would see like in the places that are a little bit more touristy, they do separate men and women change rooms and showering beforehand. Mm. But even there, like you would see all the tourists, even in the just the women's um, change room, they were like, no, you have to shower naked first and then yeah. you can put your bathing suit on or whatever. And um, even that just being so anxious and nervous in front of your own gender, too. Like, yeah. And you could see from the people who were from Iceland that they thought it was ridiculous, like that the tourists were so ridiculous. Yeah. Like you could tell there was such a different comfort level there. And I was like, man, I wish I had grown up in that culture because the amount of body shame I've carried with me my entire life has affected me in all kinds of different ways in Mm. my life that it really like it's had a huge effect on me. Yeah. And I'm like, if you took that out of the equation entirely, can you imagine like we have enough crap to deal with? I don't need to be ashamed of my body on top of it all. You know, like, yes, like, let me free up some energy to work on my, you know, emotional problems or something else. Right. But I feel you like it's just such wasted brain space, like such wasted brain space. And it's funny when I was a teenager, I was in army cadets and we would go on this camp once a year that was like a week long and they would have this shower building that was just these these fabric like canvas bags that had a shower end on the bottom of them and you'd fill them with water yourself yeah and then you'd like hoist it up on the wall and in the first couple of days on your first camp all of the girls are like because it's like it, it was um gender different genders and different yeah. shower buildings yeah but at the first couple of days all the girls were like holding towels up to create a screen for one another yeah like turned away like letting each other have some privacy and by the like third or fourth day you were so tired and exhausted <laughs> from all the marching about everyone's yeah. like if i can't see you you can't see me everyone close your eyes towels down run and you everyone ran to the showers <laughs> and they showered and then they ran back yeah and like and then it, subsequent years as you went back you just lost more and more shame yeah and it made such a difference because then as I was like 
I went back and became an officer later and I was only like 18, 19, 20 and I was with the women who had been officers for me who were in their like 30s, 40s and 50s. Yeah. I was showering with them now and uh, they don't have the shame because they've been doing it for zero years. Zero shame, yeah. No, and there's some of them are fat women, some of them yeah. have babies, got saggy boobs, we've got all different types of bodies in there and I'm just, I can't be the stupid young one who's like, oh, oh don't look at me. Yeah. Like, you just got in there and you showered with the officers and it was like, yeah. it was very... I liked it for how normalising it was. It made me mm-hmm. feel to just be like, we're just having showers here, peeps. Like, yeah. yeah. And the truth is, especially in the cultures where we are, but I, I, I imagine even in Iceland, I don't imagine people are sitting there checking each other out. Like, no. it's just, you're doing your thing. Yeah. Like, we're here to shower. We're here to get into the... Like, I know exactly. Japan's a bit similar. They've got the onsens where everyone mm. just, like, you know, yeah. goes into the onsens. And I have friends who've travelled there with other friends and they all get naked together because it's like, that's part of it. You go to the onsen. Like, we, let's yep. drop the shame. Yeah. I wish we had more of that in these countries that we live yep. in. Absolutely. Because yeah. I do think, Because I like, would also... Sorry, I was just... No, I'd also be curious if that reduces the sexualization of bodies because they're just... They're more normal. Do you know, to the opposite yeah. sexes as well. Yeah, I think I'd that'd be, be an interesting study to do. Mm. I think, yeah, I mean, there's not that much crime in Iceland, but it's such a small country that it's kind of like there aren't enough people to have that many <laughs> psychopaths, just, I guess. Just, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I do it. think, though, I think it's just, it's such a testament to the more you do something, the easier it becomes and that you mm. take that, that, you know, anxiety out of it and you take all of that the stuff you thought it was like you you take your brain out of it and you just do it right like you you stop overthinking it you stop worrying about it all that stuff you just do it I had um, a friend of mine recently told me that she like opened up to me and said that she was really struggling uh, mentally and emotionally and all the things like she was very much at the point that I was at last year Mm. um, at this point in the year and it was interesting because she typically never she's she's very closed off and doesn't really like it takes quite a bit to have a very deep conversation with her. Mm. Um, so it was very interesting for her to say that. So, of course, I was like, OK, I'm going to like ask her a bit more about it, but not um, I don't want to scare her off because I really want yeah. her to like start expressing herself. So we ended up having a really good conversation. And I told her I was like it gets better that you she's on her track like she's got a counselor like she's doing all these things she's aware of what's going on so she's taking steps to change it I'm like it feels really hard right now and it probably feels to you like you're not making any progress but there will come a day where it all of a sudden you have a bit more energy and all of a sudden what you used to think was so difficult and such hard work is not going to be such hard work anymore and it will become Mm. easier and easier which is what happened with me and I think what happens with us in each of these experiments that we do each month is that okay it started out being like oh how do I even do this like how do I push myself and you constantly have to remind yourself to be curious or to be active or whatever and I think by the end of the experiment in almost all of them so far it's come like oh it it's become a lot easier to do that because yeah we've we've kind of retrained our brains to accept it and to not push against it to just kind of do it Mm -hmm. we have a task to do here let's just do it and the next time it's easier and the next time it's easier you know I think it's really eye-opening too if anyone listening is in a place like that friend of yours who Mm -hmm. you know are feeling really low and need someone to talk to I feel like a lot of people worry when they're in that place that opening up to someone is a burden to the person they want to open up to. And just hearing your account of like, you know, I wanted to not scare her off and I wanted, Mm. you know, to be a safe space. Like I would venture that a lot of people have someone in their lives that they could talk to in that way. But unless you like offer the opportunity for that person to step up in that way, Mm -hmm. you know, it can't happen. They they can't read your mind. They can't know that something's wrong. So I just think, yeah, like that's a nice testament to like someone out there wants to hear that story. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's so important to talk about it. Like in any situation with any struggle that you're having, 
talk about it because you have no idea how many people around you are dealing with the exact same things Mm -hmm. and struggling with the same things. So maybe not everybody will have the understanding. And if you don't have very sensitive people around you, fair enough, you you might get a negative reaction. But you also kind of know who those people are. If you have somebody in your in your family or in your you know circle that's around you that is kind of a dick and you know that they have like a negative reaction and they're very closed-minded and whatever maybe don't open up to those people because you can kind of see it coming a mile away but there are people that are more sensitive and people that will be a little bit more open to it or people that Mm. you see that are clearly struggling themselves open up to those people like my friend said she said the biggest thing like I could see this weight was lifted off of her as we were talking and she said the the biggest thing that was so nice for her to feel was that she wasn't alone and she wasn't the only one I'm like like we worked in the same industry together so I know exactly almost exactly the situation she's in right now yeah and I'm like I have been exactly where you are and it Mm -hmm. gets better and you can do it and I don't think you're weak and I don't think that you're you know because she's all worried she's like you can't open up to people at work because I don't want them to think I'm weak or that I'm not capable of doing this I don't want to think them to think this I'm like I get it I get why you think that way um but it's also the more people who talk about things the more normalized it becomes you know yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, it's so true you've got to find that safe space like it has to that was the big thing I had in going no contact with my mum recently is like it's not safe with her Mm -hmm. I don't feel that safety in bringing things up because if there's judgment if you're met with judgment it's not safe like if you're met with curiosity yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then, you know, that I think that that can be a real flag for you, like a green yeah. flag to be like, yeah, if someone presents, to, like um, if someone meets you with curiosity when you share mm-hmm. something difficult, there's a good chance that there's someone you can talk to. And that's the thing too. I think that a lot of people, when they try to open up to people, um, they're looking they think that they're looking for somebody who understands them exactly. Mm. But that that level of understanding can be quite rare. Yes. So I think you hit the nail on the head where it's like, it. we also have to, when we're reaching out to people, we have to be okay with them being curious. Curiosity isn't a bad thing. So like when yeah. I think about, say, my, my sister and I are extremely different people and react to things very differently. So some stuff in the past, I felt that I couldn't talk to her about it because I knew for a fact she wouldn't understand where I was coming from. Mm. But a real shift in our relationship came when she started opening up and becoming curious. And she would even say, she's like, I don't, I don't feel that way. And I don't know what that is, but I really want to try to know what that is. So like she would encourage me to continue talking because she Mm. wanted to learn about it. She was curious about it and she would be supportive, even though she didn't understand it. She could still be supportive and and give me that safe space to talk in because she was curious about it and she was open to it. Right. Yes. So there is that big difference of it's not, you don't necessarily always have to find the people that are going to understand you completely. If you can, that's fantastic and that's great. And you can seek out those communities, but if you can't find it, you can still get that support and you can still get that, um, that comfort from people, even if they don't understand completely. Like I know even with my friends, I I kind of have a, a fair sense now of like what kind of response I'm going to get to things that I share. Mm-hmm. And so I will go and like talk to people who I, you know, who suit the situation or suit the feeling yep. or the place that I'm in. Yeah. Um, I remember I rang you about a job I was in last year. Right. And yeah. like I knew, I knew you were the person I needed to talk to because the thing is, I know that you and I don't always think the same, but I really mm-hmm. appreciate your different perspective because you help yeah. me see things that I wouldn't think to see. Yeah. And it always helps me because I'm like, ah, like I often will go to talk to you because I'm like, I know Kristen has like, sometimes you're a lot fairer than I am or like uh, a lot less yeah. judgmental or like you, you haven't got as much charged emotion. Things, so you're yeah. like very, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I really appreciate that your perspective on those things. And that's like, I'll come to you for that stuff. Cause I'm like, I need that level headedness right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and if you can come 
kind of understand in your friendship group what people are going to like kind of because sometimes you just want someone who's going to let you vent and go yeah that fucking sucks like if you want that person go get that person in that moment if that's going to help you if you need someone who's going to help you fix the thing go to talk to that person who helps you with it but yeah kind of you got to know yourself and what your and what your friends kind of are giving back and i think know what you're looking for in that moment too right yeah i think that that's part of this whole process and the whole podcast is like figuring out okay what do i need in this moment so that i can ask for it and so I can seek it out and so I can go to the right places and use the right tools and all of those things right so that you understand what you even need out of it because that honestly for me was the biggest frustration and like poor Greg has been the brunt of it most of the time because I'll vent to him and then he's like okay so he'll try to fix it or he'll try to do the other like he's scrambling to figure out what I need but I don't even know what I need so then I just get frustrated with the both of us because I'm like yeah "Ah, this didn't help me (laughs) and unfortunately I feel like that's what the pandemic has forced upon a lot of couples in particular yeah Yeah. poor Rory I often feel is holding like is having to wear so many hats in our relationship Mm -hmm. and many of them he probably shouldn't be because I yeah. remember listening to a podcast years ago about your, your partner just can't be everything to you. Like, it's not possible. Yeah. Uh, and by trying to expect them to be, it's it puts a real strain on your relationship. so much pressure on that relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm such a firm believer and I, I feel it so much more strongly as, like, it gets stronger and stronger as the years goes go on that we need to live in like we need to go back to like tribal times where you live yeah, in a tribe a you village. live in yeah. a communi- community a village and where you actually live proximity that you live close together and you actually actively support each other and you ask for help and you give help regularly especially with women i don't think men need it as mm. much it's a it's a whole different setup but i think specifically for women i'm like my dream is to have a piece of land and have like all my best friends living on it and their spouses can come but they're not necessary you know like but to be able to like have those communal spaces where it's like okay if somebody needs help with this like oh i need to go do this okay i'll watch the kids or i'll take the dogs for mm. a walk or whatever it is like to be able to support each other and communicate regularly because I think women communicate with each other in a different way men communicate with each other in a different way than men Mm. and women communicate you know like yeah it's all necessary it is and I actually think men need it as much as we do but it looks very different it looks very different for them yeah yeah. they don't want to sit around and have a big you know gas bag like we do yeah they is don't, gas bag a really australian term i've never heard that term before and i was gonna just gloss there over it, is. it. <laughs> <laughs> i just realized i was like wow that's really australian of me um but like women want to have a big gas bag whereas men i feel like they want to go and like like do a project together or i was just like gonna say they're, or, exactly like they're gonna go like yeah. fix the car or they're gonna go like yeah yeah exactly throw a ball but community's around or still important it just looks different to it's them so important exactly mm. like but they're not necessarily thinking like oh cool um we're gonna all garden together and then we're gonna can a bunch of things like have a big or have a big crafting thing or make yeah. a big meal together or whatever mm. like I think the stuff that they need to fulfill them is a little bit different. But I think yeah, they well, that's also what the main need cave that. versus yeah, like the yeah. village. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think they they also need that sense of community and they need that sense of yeah. support and all of that. In the same way, I think we are now so isolated, and mm. we've we've in modern times changed it so that we have this idea that it should just be the two of us, and then yeah. your children if you have children or whatever. Like. And I'm like, that's not like I don't get everything I need from my spouse. Like no. and he doesn't get everything that he needs from me. You know, you have to have other people there regularly in order yeah. for everybody to be happy and balanced and like have a full picture of like be fulfilled socially, yes. you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean yeah. it's no surprise when you see like domestic violence has gone through the roof since yeah. the pandemic especially Ugh. with isolations and things that happened and admittedly like that's a a particular I don't want to be judgmental here this is like that's a particular type of relationship like mm-hmm. whether those relationships should be continuing at all is a question like right. maybe they shouldn't be but the fact that 
we those people are isolated and put into these pressure cooker situations with each other i mean like for you and i who are not in abusive relationships it's like putting strain on our communications and and the yeah the roles that we expect of one another and then for people who are in more abusive relationships it's like putting them in pressure cooker situations that are causing more of that behavior to happen yeah so and both situations speak to a need for community because yep. the fact that the partners who are being abused don't have a community to kind of like escape that yep. situation is equally as important as, you know, people needing the communication to like emotionally feel better or to feel understood. Exactly. And maybe not equally, but I yeah. like I take that back. Maybe not equally, but both situations have a need for that community. Absolutely. Aspect. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we don't need to do it all on our own, I don't think, you know? Like, I think it's... And I think that is something that, I mean, uh, yeah, people being isolated together is not a great thing, but I think the good side of COVID happening is that there's a lot of mental health awareness that didn't exist before because everybody's feeling it. Everybody's feeling this depression and anxiety um, on different levels, like people who never struggled with it before. So now that people are talking about it it's becoming a little Mm. bit more normal you know it's still a long way to go but it's becoming a bit more normal so I think that's kind of the positive side of all of that is that people are like oh yeah I'm feeling this way oh what that has a name oh I used to look down on people who felt that way but now I feel that way (laughs) you know like yeah I feel that even with the counseling because I for a long time resisted even going to get um any kind of mental health help Mm -hmm. and I, I think in Australia, it's really like the preference, I suppose, is on psychologists. And okay, yep. I kind of looked down on counselling as a profession because mm. I was like, well, I, don't, I didn't really understood, I didn't really understand what role they filled in the mental health landscape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And since having counsellors here, I've really like, oh, it's different. Like, it's not as clinical. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's more, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know the, exactly how they're different. Like, I couldn't, like, articulate it right now, so I don't want to, like, make a mistake. But <laughs> yeah. it's like, it is different to psychology. Yeah. Um, all of this to say, I think that on our tall ship, we need to have <laughs> a community aspect to it. Uh, and I think one of the decks should be a naked deck. <laughs> okay. Just where everyone's naked. Because you know what? Talking about the naked thing, I you know how I want to eventually have like a property where I like host retreats and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I have said to Rory on several occasions recently, I just want a place big enough that I can have a portion of it that maybe has like ed- like hedging or something where I could just be naked outside. I don't think I've ever been naked outside. Me neither. It, unless I was like a baby, like running around in the yeah. backyard. But like... There's something very freeing to me to think I could just be outside, totally naked and, like, free. Yeah. I want to do it, but I don't know how to even do that right now without, like, totally exposing myself to my neighbours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I want that in my future. I was thinking of doing that in Mexico when we were in quarantine. So I was like, oh, well, uh-huh. I can go sit, like, we had a really big balcony. I'm like, I could go lie on the balcony and have zero tan lines, like, get rid of my tan lines. Wow. And just lie there, but... I didn't do it because I was like, oh, from it, like just getting out onto the balcony, like some people might still be able to see me. So I like right. really held myself back instead of just being like, who cares? So what? So they see yeah. you. What then? Like big freaking deal. Honestly, yes. like yeah. what You'll difference does again. it make? <laughs> what? You'll never see them again. So who yeah, cares? exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, they basically like I was in a bikini for like two weeks straight sitting by the pool. I'm like, they basically saw almost everything anyway. Like it's not hiding yeah. all that much, you know. So like, what's the difference really? Yeah, that's it. They might yeah. see a hairy vulva. I mean, yeah. come on now. <laughs> <laughs> or non-hairy. I don't know how you swing that way. But <laughs> Oh my god, that's a whole different topic. I have that's got opinions story. about body oh, hair. Now oh. I want to know. No, no, that's we'll tease for, a whole it for another different, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come back next week when we talk about body hair, where Ooh. it should be and where it shouldn't. <laughs> Are you curious about body hair? <laughs> oh boy, no, don't. That's not actually what we're going to talk about next week. Except when Maddie totally intentionally brings I it up don't. next week because I want to know. Now I want to know. Sure, now you're going to plan ahead and actually plan something. (laughs) Note to self, talk about body hair next week. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. 
I would say what I'm planning, like, to be curious for next week, but I never really seem to, like, fulfill any of that. And I don't know if I have anything in my mind. I think I'm just going to continue with the what if stuff. Nice. I'm really enjoying it. I think that's a good it. idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just go deeper. It's, it's yeah. not like you fi- figured it out already. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> neither have <laughs> <am> I. <laughs> Solved it. Yeah. Well, I've totally figured that out now. Um, I like that. I'm basically doing the same thing with my... Do I want to be right or do I want to be free? Mm, I'm shifting yeah, it up yeah, to yeah. the free. I like that. I think, I think that's I make need a big to, difference. I need to, that's what I need to add into my what if thing. Mm. Like with that yeah. kind of in the background of like, because I like that too. Because I find that that's very much, especially in my relationship with Greg, where that's, mm. that's where most of it comes from. And I'm like, why am I so uptight? Like, why do I care that much about this tiny little thing? Like... If I was looking at yep. it from the outside, I'd be like, just let it go. It's fine. Just let it go. Yeah. Yep. And then we have to sing Love the Frozen it. song. <laughs> I was literally just going to be like, let it bring go. in some Elsa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think so. Next week is our last week of How to Be Curious. And it's your last week in Canada. Yeah. For a I might be bit. a mumbling mess. Yeah, <laughs> next, we'll next see. Week. Yeah, we'll see yeah, how it goes. It might be, be a fine. short. It might be a short episode next week, but that's okay. <laughs> well, there might be some little some uh, kids in the background, special guests. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Zinni can uh, teach us all of her new phrases that she has. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> she also, <laughs> just for anyone who's interested, has the cutest way of saying penis. <laughs> She says, penis, <laughs> which I love. Uh, well, it's just all hairy vulvas and penises yeah, over here. So. She, can, she can be there for the uh, body hair episode. Oh, perfect. We'll educate her. Yeah, love it. She can, she can present it because I'm sure she's got a lot to say. She'll have lots of drawings. It, I know it's a podcast, yeah. but you'll have to imagine. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right, guys. Well, you can find us on Instagram. We are at how to be me again. Um, Send us a message, leave a comment, all those fun things. And uh, we will talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Ooh. I can't tell if that was harmony or not. What's the opposite of harmony? Bye. Bye. Oh, I'm totally going to do harmonies next week. Yes. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Until eventually 100 episodes in, we're like, Bye. Yeah, it'll just be beautiful. Bye. Yes, it will be. It'll be so gorgeous.